What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 152 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the ninth wonder, chocolate thunder, licking butts and getting in guts, the ass tasting, times a wasting, having fun, eating that scrum, the phenomenal one, AJ Singh. Oh no, we've got demonetized. <laughs> I think that one's good. I mean, the worst thing in there is ass, and I that's can't not... tell if that's one of those words that they're against or not. What ass? Yeah, do they do they censor that? I wouldn't think so. I mean, what about our our sister podcast, Donkey Talk? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be demonetized all the time. Um, well, uh, guys. Later on in this episode, we will be doing a review of Secret Invasion, episode four. Um, but we'll we'll save that for later, just in case anyone uh, hasn't seen it yet and is weary of spoilers, because we will be doing spoilers. Uh, but AJ, it's been because of reviews. It's been a, a little while since we had a, a regular conversation. Have you, uh, in the interim, watched anything besides Secret Invasion or done anything? Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's good sometimes, though. Just relax and then relax. And oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Disassociating and watching YouTube sometimes. <laughs> Any good YouTube stuff? Uh, just same old stuff. This guy, uh, Nick DiRamio, he really goes in on uh, Shane Dawson a lot. Like a lot of his videos are just like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> so who is Shane Dawson? Is that like a rival YouTuber? Well, he used to be like a really popular YouTuber. He was like. Like, I guess when YouTube was older and stuff, he was, like, one of the big stars on it. And uh, I guess he did, like, documentarian-type stuff. But he also did, like, other stuff that was, like, you know, not in a good light. Like, you know, he he, he had some scandals with, like, racism and, <laughs> okay. and other stuff, too. He I guess he was, like, straight when he first started out on YouTube. But then he, like, became gay. So now he's gay. And, you know, he, like, it's just a whole, you know... He, I don't think that's an issue or anything, but it's just his behavior and just, like, how crass he's been over time. People don't like that. So uh, he just goes in on him a lot. And, and Nick DiRamio's gay, so he likes, you know, it's kind of like friendly fire, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of saying it. <laughs> but, I mean, they're not on the same team. They don't. <laughs> Nick's very, like, socially conscious and stuff like that. It's <laughs> gay on gay crime. Um... Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of stuff because um, my parents were in town and kind of hung out with them. Um, but between like last time we talked, I, I have watched a few things. So I watched this movie that actually came out several years ago called Escape Room. It was okay. on Hulu. And like, I like the premise of it. So like the premise is like this group get invited to this uh, escape room. And like it ends up being like a series of escape rooms. And like, but it's like, meant to like kill them so it's like a bunch of death traps essentially which is fun Mm -hmm. like that premise is good and actually the i would say the first two-thirds of the movie that is actually them like going through these death death rooms is actually pretty fun and i enjoyed it but somebody forgot to write an ending to this movie (laughs) is the problem i feel like they sold it on the premise and then they're like oh yeah we'll come up with something to end it but they really didn't Mm. i mean the sucky thing is it's like even though this is like the first movie, like they were like it basically kind of ends on a cliffhanger, and they're like, "Oh, there's gonna be another movie," and and there is. So I'm like, 
I, I watched this on Hulu, and then I lo- looked up what the other one is on. Mm-hmm. And it's like on Stars. <laughs> like uh, the, somehow Stars is still a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe it'll eventually come to a, a streaming service that somebody has heard of, so that I can check that out. But I, I was a little disappointed because I'm like, you know, the premise is good. The first two thirds of the movie is is very solid. I thought, yeah. and then it just kind of craps out at the end and is like, oh, okay. The Stars had like a couple of good shows, like historically <laughs> i saw there was one show uh party down i think they brought that back but I oh yeah i've, I've heard of that that was a good show and they also had another show a really good show called uh, da vinci's demons and the first season of that show was excellent you know it was about leonardo da vinci and his you know time like his rise to like fame and uh how he helped uh his region in italy develop like weapons even you know stuff like that and there was political intrigue in it and stuff like that so even though it was called Da Vinci's Demons, it didn't have like a, a supernatural twist? Oh, it had some new supernatural qualities too. There's also like papal stuff going on too. So like there was like a guy who was, I think, possessed by something like a, like a demon maybe. Oh, okay. And so he's, uh, he's like the main antagonist. Well, there's several antagonists though. Okay. But uh, I think he's the main one. But um, it's just such a, it's smart, it seemed like a, such a smart show, you know? It seems like right. such a fun, like. It was very unique for its time. And uh, then season two, they just, I think they took the budget out of it. The writing went away. God, that happens so often. Yeah. I mean, all those CW shows go down in quality, but I think budget has something to do with it. Yeah. Where like they go on and then it's just like less money, less money, less money. I don't know if that's because like this, the the actors can demand more money. So it's like, okay, they're going to get more money, but the effects budget's going down or something. Yeah. But it is weird how that happens. Yeah, like, and also, like, does do the writers also demand more money and they start changing them out? That's a good question. Maybe. Because the, the quality in writing is just day and night. I don't know. And a lot of these shows have that problem, like, towards, like, the second or third season, like, where you start seeing a really decrease in quality. You know what they, they, they started doing now a lot? And what I, what I read is it's a way to where... Um, when a show's successful, they don't have to pay like the actors and people writers like as much in royalties. Mm-hmm. Is like they'll have a show, and then season two will be named like that show with a subtitle, mm-hmm. but it'll basically like legally it'll be like a brand new show, oh. so that they don't have to like like up the pay them up to pay in royalties and stuff. Oh. They did it with uh, some of those later CW shows like um, Star Girl. Like I forget exactly what. Because like wh- the first season was like Star Girl, and then like season two was maybe like Star Girl colon Frenemies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that like they didn't have to like you know up the royalty pay or whatever. Yeah. And and I think they even did it with that um, um, Alfred Pennyworth show, oh. where it was like that's why like they like renamed it like the origin. Of, like the first season was like Pennyworth, and eventually it was like Pennyworth: The Origin of Batman's Butler, <laughs> or something like that. I think if if we see those kinds of titles on TV shows, then we have to automatically assume that it's going to be a low budget show because <laughs> if they're not even paying the actors, then they're definitely not going to have quality TV. You know, <laughs> Prob- Although I will say, I did watch that Star Girl show. It was only a three season show. And it was pretty good. I mean, it's it's definitely skews like family friendly. Okay. Um, but that still that being the case, I I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Very I saw enjoyable. the first episode of it, and then I just kind of lost track of the show. But um, I saw that Joel McHale was in it. The first episode, 
Yeah, he he um I think most of first season yeah, he's in episode one, and I think for most of that season he's not there, but eventually in later seasons he's in it more. Okay, interesting. Yeah, he was the star man. Yeah, he lost that, his yeah his juju, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, not a bad show at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just it's so funny, you know, uh, the lengths they'll go to to pay people less money, which is, I mean, now they got the whole uh, they had the writer strike going on. Now the actors are striking as well. Yeah. So maybe they can uh, make there's it no so they way. can't do do that trick anymore. You know? Yeah, they they I think there's no way these. Uh, big companies can stand without the actors. You know? No, I, I think this will be resolved pretty soon now yeah. because like the writing, you got a, a length of time you can go yeah. because you probably got a bunch of stuff in the can that you can use. Yeah. But um, with, with the actors, you know, it's yeah. pretty much production down. Exactly. And, and so I, I would expect this will get wrapped up rather quickly now. What if they just make a bunch of shows with bad actors? <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> The line. Uh, a bunch of scab actors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to apply to be one of those scab actors. Yeah. This would be terrible. You're just making it up on the spot because there's no writers either. So you're just like, it's just like, whose line is it anyway? But with like real shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be like an interesting year of movies. Would, the yeah. scab year. <laughs> It's so random. Like I, I, I hadn't thought of like Fran Drescher in years, and then I found out she's like the president of the a- Actors Guild. Oh, whoa! I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, she ain't even acting. I know. Like I haven't <laughs> seen her in like it seems like the nineties was the last it time. It must I saw. be a really intensive job <laughs> where you can't do anything else. <laughs> People are really w- wanting Beautician and the Beast too. <laughs> I just picture her in an office, like just getting calls all day. Bring, bring. <laughs> I can't act. Oh my god! <laughs> Get the scabs out here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I was an actor, I'd definitely be like, "Hey, could you uh, make them stop doing that thing where they give second seasons a ridiculous subtitle so they don't have to pay us as much?" That yeah. that might be one of our demands. Like, I I would hate the producers or like on that show. Like, you know, they're in contact with the producers all the time, right? Right. And I'd just be like. I hate you. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess if that's the only way I can continue doing my job, go for it. But what is like? It's a stick in the. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad thing to do. You yeah. Know? Um, and then the other show I started, uh, I think this show started a couple years ago, but I'm just getting to it. I'm only about six episodes in, but I am liking it so far. Is this show Yellow Jackets? Okay. Um, so on. Uh, like Paramount Plus, I guess, and Showtime, they're both owned by Viacom, mm-hmm. but they were like separate things. But now um, Paramount Plus has like integrated a bunch of their Showtime content. So they just recently got a bunch of like new movies and shows on there. Mm-hmm. And so this was a Showtime show. But basically, have you heard of this show at all? I have, yeah. So yeah, the premise is basically in the in the mid-90s, there was this girls soccer team that uh, like was going to nationals and they um, like one of the kids fathers is is rich so they like book a a private plane rather than a chartered plane okay and it ends up crashing in the woods somewhere oh. and so then you have like this uh lord of the flies situation that, yeah. going on and like 
at the end of the first episode, they kind of show that like eventually things get crazy. Like like they kill like one of their fellow members and like resort to cannibalism like thing. But then like um, so you know it eventually gets very dark. But then as like right now each episode like uh, kind of flashes back to that time and present day where like some of them are survivors, but like weird stuff. It, like mysterious stuff is happening to them, you know. So you kind of got the, these two stories going on with the the young group of kids and some of the older like survivors. And like, I, I'm digging it so far. It's, it, you know, I saw a TikTok recently where they talked about um, this group of uh, I think Polynesian kids, or I think they were maybe Southeast. I'm not sure, but they they got stranded. They, their ship went down or something, and they ended up on an island. And it was a utopia they made. They they lived as a civilized, like very well coordinated, like peaceful. It was they they the were exact rescued. opposite of the Lord exact of the Flies. opposite. And like people started saying, like Lord of the Flies is only because is only like that because they're British. Like otherwise, <laughs> they're imperialists. If, they like, if they were like normal, like you know, other people who were just like you know, able to get along with each other, <laughs> right. like, it would have just been fine. But because they're just like me, me, me. <laughs> like, <laughs> It turns out that way with that book. <laughs> it's like a Gilligan's Island situation where eventually, like, people find it, but they go back to regular society and they're like, oh, this sucks. Let's go yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks too. Oh, you mean like the Polynesian ones? Oh, yeah. I think they, they, I would love to live in like a little utopian group, you know, on an island. That seems like a cool little situation. It might be great. You ever wonder about that where, like, now that I've gotten a taste of, like, this life, I probably wouldn't. But a part of these, like, man, maybe if I was just on a beach somewhere, uh, you know, maybe it could be a great life. Yeah. Like, not, like, castaway Tom Hanks going crazy right. by myself style. But, like, you know, a, gr- a group of, like, decent people and yeah. you're just on a uh, some sort of, like, paradise island. I mean... I don't know if it's just, like, stereotype or what, but every time I see people from the Bahamas or, like, some tropical place, they just seem happier. That's kind of true. They almost always have, like, this easygoing attitude, yeah. seemingly. They don't They don't seem all, like, anxious and depressed like so many yeah. Americans. They seem just laid back with a smile on their face and just a carefree attitude. Yeah, like, even Hawaii, they, they seem so mellow. And yeah. The, part of me is like, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Maybe we should go live in Aloha Hawaii. Attitude. <laughs> that that might be the way to do it. <laughs> I heard it's expensive there, but uh, yeah. But I've never been. I gotta say, like, I mean, I haven't been hardly anywhere. But like, if I was to go on a vacation, I think I'd either want to go like you know Britain and Europe or Hawaii. Like, man, I I'm the opposite. I, I definitely like I like Hawaii. Hawaii, I'd like to go to. But I think Tokyo would be appealing to me. I it's just. You know, this high tech, it's different. It's I have heard like a lot of people say Japan's a good uh like place to visit. Yeah, and Singapore seems cool too, just because my sister went there and she's she has so many good things to say about it. Mm, see, I'm afraid if I go to Singapore I'm gonna do something wrong and get one of those public canyons. <laughs> you like throw like a, a bag on the floor or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy, you signed up. <laughs> They're like it's been thirty years since the last American caning. We're we're due. <laughs> <laughs> They're like having a meeting right when you do that. They're like we need a cane in the <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy looks suspicious. <laughs> it's like yeah, a piece of litter falls out of your pocket, yeah. and they're like, "Where do you think you're going?" <laughs> God, it's cane time. 
Oh, one thing that's happened um, uh, that I figured we could talk about um, is, have you f- been following the, the casting news for that Superman Legacy movie? Oh, yeah. Movie? They got that, uh, oh, was it Sweat Something? That guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how do you, I, be, I believe it's like uh, David Corin Sweat. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know exactly how you spell it. I, um it's not a great name. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Rachel Brosnahan. You know, I don't, as far as David Cornsweet, I don't think I've s- seen him in everything. So he's, he's a totally unknown for me, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I didn't really know Henry Cavill until Superman, okay. and he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, um, I've seen her, like, um, I know she was in Westworld a little bit, which I watched. And um, I saw a few episodes of Marvelous Miss Maisel. I never really got into it, but she seemed like a capable actress, and they certainly looked the part, so... Yeah, I I haven't heard of her in a long time. Like, I remember she was really popular like a few years ago, maybe like six years ago or something. Well, that Miss Maisel show is a hit. I just never really she's like got a big character it. on it. Yeah, she's like the lead. Oh, is she? Oh, she's okay. Miss Maisel. Oh, okay. Yeah, then she's definitely doing something. And I think she may have, if she was, didn't win awards for that show, I think she was at least nominated. So, so she, yeah, she's been doing big stuff mm. as far. But um, the thing that so they just announced like other castings and um so um isabella merced i'm probably mispronouncing all these she's going to be hot girl edie gathigi is going to be mr terrific and nathan fillion is going to be guy gardner which actually i think he's a great choice for guy gardner who's guy gardner he's the green lantern that's kind of a asshole (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually he would be a great pick for that yeah yeah um i just like nathan fillion yeah, my thing is like I'm, I'm sure all these actors are are good, but it does worry me that they're putting so many side characters in the in the Superman movie. Yeah, where I'm just kind of like, it's the first movie out of the gate. I, I think I'd rather them keep it simple and just tell me a Superman story because I, I feel like it's gonna feel overcrowded. They're because they're either gonna have to put these characters in there without giving us much backstory on them, and then it's just like. Um, you know, only only us that are in the comics are going to really know who these characters are. And general audiences are going to be kind of like not invested, or it's going to be that thing where they they do give us some backstory, but then that's going to detract from Superman's mm-hmm. story. So like, oh, and they also announced I don't uh, know the guy's name, but like the little bald guy that plays on the HBO series Barry, mm-hmm. he's going to be Metamorpho, another D- DC character. And I'm like, I got nothing against these characters i just worry that like they're overstuffing this movie with like extraneous characters i trust james gunn uh this the suicide squad movie they did uh it had a lot of characters in it too but it was good at least like 17 of them died in the first scene one of which was nathan philly yeah right the arm guy (laughs) which makes me wonder continuity wise i mean now i mean like i said like i would prefer them to do a, a a clean like reboot mm. but then it's like well he was already a character <laughs> so like if, if they're continuing from that universe which i don't know if that's gonna be part of it is it i don't know I, it it's all up in the air i think yeah. i mean it's I, I like nathan fillion so much that i don't mind him being another character in the dc universe i'm okay with it i mean i don't mind it but at, at some point if you're gonna have a shared universe i think you got to be careful about yeah. doing that kind of stuff for sure i 
yeah, it's just, I guess we're going to find out if this is the starting point of a new universe or what's going on exactly. So. I mean, I think the strength of a shared universe is you, you know, you, you do get this wide array of characters and they can, you know, go in and out of other people's stories. Yeah. But at the same time, just like when you're just coming out of the gate, your first movie out of the gate, and there's just like side character, side character, side character. I'm, it, it seems a little much. I mean, but like you said, like the Guardians, I think one of the strengths of the Guardians movies is that even though there is a lot of character, like there is a good balance where all of them get some good moments, character moments, mm-hmm. and that's why those movies work as well as they do. So like, I'm not, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I think James Gunn can pull it off. Yeah. But at, at the same time, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I think simplicity out of the gate might be a good thing. I, so you and I see this differently. I am excited about that because to me, it means the future, they could develop these cool, intricate storylines with these different people that we've already kind of seen. We've got a little, you know, we've been introduced to them. Like they, I think what DC did wrong the first time when they tried to boot this uh, DCU was they did, didn't introduce these people early enough, you know? So now we'll have like a, a grounded like understanding of, okay, these people are out there. Oh, maybe this person interacts with Batman or maybe this person interacts with somebody else or, you know, we, we can see all the moving parts like from the beginning. So I, I think it could be really good. I just question because like, I, I wonder if the plan is like, oh, some of these characters are never going to have their own solo movie, but we can at least build them up to where people will care about them no matter what movie they yeah. show up and maybe something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what we're looking at. We could be. <laughs> I mean, because I don't see, like, nothing against Metamorpho. He's a fine character, but I don't see them ever doing, and I don't think I would even want a solo Metamorpho movie. Who is Metamorpho? Um, so he's this character that eventually, it, Rex Mason is his, like, regular thing, and he works for um, Stag Industry, Simon Stag, which is kind of like a, a Almost like a rich, evil Lex Luthory type okay. character, and he's like always in love with like Stag's daughter. I think her name's like Sapphire. Anyway, he he ends up getting in this accident, which turns him. He he's he almost seems like the uh, DC's version of the Thing, oh. where he gets turned into like this monstrous looking guy. He's like four different colors, like his arms one color, his legs another color. Like, uh, it, but his gimmick is, I believe, he can like change himself into like almost any element. Oh, cool! So of like the periodic table or whatever. Does he have to like? There's a Marvel character who has to touch that element before he can turn into it. Is this like that or? I don't think he actually has to touch the element. I think he can just change into it. Oh, that's even better, right? Yeah. yeah. Is the Marvel character like the Absorbing Man, or? I think that's who it is. I'm not 100 percent sure. Who's I know that Agents of Shield show. Right. Right. It, it, it's so funny how like they all have like blatant ripoffs. Oh of yeah, it. and like I have no idea in most cases like which one came first. Like yeah. you're like is he ripping? Are they ripping them off? Or are they ripping them? Off? <laughs> yeah, like Namor and Aquaman. Namor actually I think came out first. I think maybe yeah. But Aquaman's more famous. Yeah, that's the other thing. Or or like the uh, the people with stretchy powers like Reed Richards or um, Plastic Man. Yeah, Plastic Man and. Um, uh, Ralph Dibney has stretchy powers oh, too. Right, right. And like I don't I don't even know. I I'm thinking because Reed Richards when it came out until the 60s, so I'm thinking maybe like the other ones are even older, but Reed oh. Richards is definitely the most 
famous of those. I, you know, Reed Richards is so popular, but I've always thought like his powers are lame. You know, stretching and stuff, that seems lame to me. Like, yeah. Only in the bedroom, is it really? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's why he's with Sue. The other, right. So there's no other reason. Uh, you know, his intelligence is probably his most, his greatest power. Right. The, yeah, the stretching thing just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> you know, stop Galactus by stretching. <laughs> I always wonder, because, you know, there'll be those scenes, like, in the comics where, like, he'll stretch out as, like, a blanket and, like, catch somebody you know <laughs> but then like if i'm that guy being cut i'm like man uh, right now i'm like all over your like stretched out dick and yeah. <laughs> i'm like i'm thankful for the save i yeah, guess but it's musty some... <laughs> over here <laughs> he just enlarges his sack only <laughs> he catches you with that. <laughs> airbags <laughs> yeah. a big cushion for you buddy <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. I do, I do wonder about the old, how the DCU is going to go, man. But now I'm wondering like, well, I guess it'll depend how fast this strike like resolves now, but like if it goes for any length of time, you could see quite a few delays. I'm thinking, I mean, Screen Actors Guild is every actor. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking it's got to get resolved pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. There's no way they can survive without them. But the other thing, even with the um, writer strike, like I think that made it so like people couldn't ad lib on movies, oh, okay. and like even a lot of TV, sh- like they say for TV, they almost always do some like writing during the day. Like yeah. it's very rare that they just like write the script and it's ironclad yeah. and that's what they go with. They're they're almost always like writers on set going, oh that didn't quite work. Let me write another line mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And so it's 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 probably for the best. You know, I heard that you know because they started shooting and there's photos online. They started shooting shooting Deadpool three with Wolverine mm-hmm. and him, and and but now it's production down because right. of the strike. Mm-hmm. But like if if they were doing that movie without the ability to ad lib, I'm almost glad that this happened now because when it gets resolved. Because that movie's going to need some ad- ad-libbing, I would yeah, think, right? For sure. With Deadpool? I feel like Ryan Reynolds like does a lot of ad-libbing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, If you shoot that movie without him being able to, to ad-lib, I think you're probably taking away a lot. Yeah. Um, because I, I would... I mean, I don't know this for sure, like the scripts for Deadpool 1 and 2, but I, I, I would guess there was a fair amount of like ad-libbing during the day yeah. on, on those sets. Uh-huh. Rather than just being all in the script, I would think so. Yeah, I don't think it. Like, uh, I'm one of those guys that doesn't really care about the costumes in superhero movies, like so many people do. Uh, but did you see like the onset photos of Hugh Jackman? He's they put him in like the Wolverine, like the uh, yellow and blue type of suit. Yeah, he's got sleeves on it, and uh, so people were you know wondering why he has sleeves. And uh, I saw somebody explain it on YouTube that. He uh he's gotten cancer, skin cancer, like six times. I read something about that too. Yes. Well, I didn't know he got it that many times, but they said the sleeves were because he was susceptible to it or something. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're plen- and they're going to be in like a hot, very sunny area doing this. So that's why he's got the sleeves. And the outfit looks good to me. I like it. I actually think the sleeves are they look better to me. Yeah, I thought it looked fine. Yeah. Although it wouldn't surprise me if he gets in a fight and they just like rip off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but also, I was like, maybe he's not as uh, like jacked up as he was before. So it's like maybe hides hides slightly smaller arms or something too. I don't know. I mean, he's probably yeah, still in great shape. He, he's in great shape. Yeah, I mean, you can tell by the rest of him. But uh, yeah, maybe his arms aren't as big. But I'm okay with the with the whole setup. He looks good, and Deadpool's outfit is even more comic book book accurate this time. I think. Oh, I didn't even notice that they changed his too. A little bit. And um, I heard that this Deadpool movie, they're going to make it like a, a multiverse one, you know? I, I've heard that, too, that they're going to squeeze in um, like a ton of the TVA. Fox um, um, characters. Like, well, I didn't hear the TVA, but like they confirmed that uh, Jennifer Gardner's Elektra character right. is going to be in it. Daredevil might be in it. I, they, they're trying. I heard uh, the rumors are trying to get Ben Affleck's Daredevil in it. Uh-huh. Um, and, and probably a bunch of like the Fox X-Men, I would imagine as well. Okay. I just wonder like, is it going to be for a joke to like kill all those characters or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, I hope not. I just hope they write them better than Fox did. <laughs> like remember, uh, um, in the, the, like the trailers for Deadpool 2, like they, they showed like the. The whole thing oh, of them yeah. getting like the X Force characters, and then they just all almost Brad all Pitt. right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's like the Invisible Man, or whatever. Yeah. and they just all die right away, which is funny. Yeah, I do appreciate that actually. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll do that again. <laughs> they just get all these Fox characters, and you just see them die horrible death. But well, that would be wild because people actually do have a connection to some of those characters. <laughs> like they they have seen them, you know, like for decades. Although not the Jennifer Gardner Electra. Oh, no, right. Nobody would care if that character died. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I mean, like, you know, certain X-Men characters, they might be like, oh, what the hell? Right, right. <laughs> uh, Quicksilver and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how excited I'd be to see Elektra in it anyway, but uh, let's see what they do. I'm sure James Gunn will write a better Elektra than they did before. James Gunn? Well... Oh, no, no, I'm thinking about Fox. Or I'm thinking about DC. Um, yeah, I mean Marvel. Marvel. Marvel could do a good job with Electra. They, they've, they've been pretty good quality till lately, you know. They did have, you know, Electra on the uh, Daredevil, used to be Netflix show. I wonder if they'll oh, right. re- end up reusing that actress. Because yeah, she was better. Yeah, she was all right. Yeah. It's so weird, though, because like, oh, and I remember seen a story that the daredevil tv show is was one of the ones affected by the writer's strike so oh no i mean it'll still come out eventually i'm sure but yeah at the same time like uh, daredevil is one of those characters i i, I want to see a movie of yeah yeah i can see that because I, I mean the ben affleck movie was terrible but yeah i i definitely uh when i saw him in spider-man i was like that's awesome i kind of you know you couldn't see more of him in that movie but I do hope to see him again in the MCU, like as part of like some sort of bigger situation. I mean, to me, Daredevil really is Marvel's Batman. Yeah, and I love Batman so much that I would just love to see a nice, like, cinematic, dark Daredevil story. I like Daredevil more than Batman, dude. Like, Batman to me is like already rich, so he has a leg up. Like, he can get the technology, he can get all right. this stuff. Daredevil's doing it without any of that. 
You know, like he's just doing it based on his ability to use his senses. He's got that lawyer money, though. <laughs> I mean, he he in the show he does like pro bono work <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, helping poor people. He's not getting paid. <laughs> but at the same time, like he never like uses a bunch of high tech stuff. He's just got like his, his like stick or whatever. Batons, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Daredevil as a character quite a bit. Yeah. Batman's always going to be my favorite, but Daredevil. I think Daredevil actually might be my favorite MCU character. I think my favorite character of all time a spider-man i mean i like spider-man too yeah yeah i maybe it's because like at a very like impressionable age i was watching spider-man and it was just the cartoon was really good right but or at um, least it seemed like it at the time yeah yeah right <laughs> you know what i actually um rewatched a few of those on disney plus like recently uh-huh. i don't know how i feel about it yet oh no <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's i haven't seen one yet that's like flat I mean, I've only watched maybe like three of them, and like none of them are like flat out terrible yet. But it, uh, the animation's a bit crude and stuff right, like that. Yeah, you know, but, that's to be expected, right? Yeah. But uh, Spider-Man, you know, I, I was a young person; he was a young person, right. stuff like that. I think there's, there's a lot to relate to there. Uh, Gambit, my favorite X-Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that mostly from the cartoon as well? Yeah. I mean, in the cartoon, he was very charismatic. Yeah. And I always liked that he was like always like hitting on Rogue and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I was he like, was this guy cool is dude. all right. He's and cool. He had, a, he had a good heart at the end of the day, too. Right, know? right, right. Yeah. I like Gambit. <laughs> now they're finally going to bring him into the MCU, I think. I mean, I assume eventually they'll get around to all of them. Yeah. But like, they got to be careful, I think, with the X-Men. Just because there's so many of them, I, yeah. I I really think they do need to start small. Just have like the core, like five or six of them. Agreed. And then like slowly, slowly build out. And they could they have so much potential with the X Men too. Like that could be a long running like series. You know? Oh yeah. They could uh they could have so many movies coming out spawn spawn from just like a few X Men growing into the whole academy, and then you know you get to uh, Genosha. That that could be. Uh, oh, I mean, they got stories for yeah years and years. For yeah, sure. but then it's like, how do you the MCU? Like, this is one thing about the shared universe is like, how do you balance? Because like, if you just had the X Men, like that could be a shared universe in itself. Yeah, that could go on forever. So how for do sure. you like balance that along with every other character? It's just it becomes so much. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot, but. I mean, Kevin Feige, get to work, man. <laughs> Use that brain of yours. I was going to ask you, what do you think of like the recent like um, poor box office performances of movies recently? There's been so many movies recently that have either underperformed or straight up bombed. I am lost happy money. with that. I'm very happy with that. I think Hollywood's... I don't know if they're getting it yet, but they have to start creating more original content too. You know, like superhero movies are great, but even those should be well made. So DC, they've been, they've been, you know, pumping out bad movie after bad movie, and people are not drinking the Kool Aid anymore. And that's why they made this change with James Gunn. I think. I think that is a big part of it because, like, I think for like superhero fans, like when there wasn't very many of them being made, like it was exciting just like because there was one being made. Yeah. Now that we got. A superhero thing almost every month it seems like yeah. now it's like okay now just having a superhero thing isn't good enough it has to actually be good right and and we we've we kind of got spoiled by marvel in the first few phases there right like phase one was okay but then phase three was great right you know and uh 
that's like the the standard that we we test everything against now i think we we ch- we measure everything against uh phase three for marvel and even in the early phases like even when they had one that was just like maybe okay it still felt exciting just because yeah. they were still building towards something and there still at that point wasn't like so many of them yeah. that it still seemed kind of special mm-hmm. but i mean i think they're also going to have to find a way to bring budgets down yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're already starting to do that. Even, you know, watching the show that we're watching right now, Secret Invasion, it does seem like the budget is lower for this show than it was for the other few shows that we watched, like Loki and uh, Although, Wanda. I, I just saw a story today that said, like, the budget for Secret Invasion was, like, 200 and some million. And that is high. And that's what I thought, too, because I'm like, I get that it's, like, you know, six episodes is longer than a movie. Yeah. But that still seemed like a lot to me, especially since, like, we haven't seen, like, like even this episode we're going to get into, like, at the end there is an action scene, but it, it doesn't seem like it's a something that would break the bank. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not seeing, like, a ton of huge names. Like, there's Amelia Clark, and, of course, you know, uh, uh, Samuel oh, yeah. Jackson's getting paid. Yeah. But uh, besides them, I don't know. There's no huge name actors that you have to like pay tons to, right? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that maybe maybe the crew size on oh, uh, television. Oh, Brody, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. I'm sure he's getting paid, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if the most of the budget is from the actors or, or crew expense. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I just, I saw that budget and I was like, Boy, that's actually more than I would have guessed. I mean, if you had to measure the scale of this show compared to Loki, I mean, Loki just seemed so much bigger. It did, didn't it? It did. Of course, maybe the budget of that show is really high, too. I don't yeah, know. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> We'd probably, like, break down and cry if we knew the budgets all these things. would be like, <laughs> yeah. holy cow. But I just, I, all these movies are, you know, losing so much money. And a part of me is just like, boy, if I'm a studio, I think I'm... Maybe be like, could we do this um, cheaper? Not not to the point where it's going to look bad, but maybe we just kill, tell a more low-key like, story that we can do <laughs> for a more reasonable amount of money or something. Or that doesn't have so many actors in it that it, we balloon the budget. Well, what I don't understand is, has there not been a benefit to these these uh, expensive shows? Like, are people not watching them? As, like, I know the the numbers are high, right? Like, they they must be making their money back. Well, the stream the streamers are some of them struggling right now, and that's why you see that's the reason um, uh, Warner Brothers, especially you see. Oh, we got we got a doggo that wants well, to you'll go, go outside. We'll take in a bit. We'll take in a bit. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's like um, Warner Brothers has been licensing their stuff to other streamers. Like I guess a few of their shows are available now on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And they've also, like some of the shows that aren't being watched that much, streamers are just like taking off to save money. Mm. Some of them even months old they've gotten rid of. And and it's all because they're a lot of them, are uh, Warner Brothers especially, has a lot of debt uh, that they're trying to... uh, you know, get rid of, mm-hmm. and and even like um, Paramount Plus, which I think has a lot of good stuff on it, they're doing very poorly, and so a lot of people suspect that within a couple of years they might start in their you know standalone service, and basically just they'll still produce shows, but they'll just sell those shows to other streamers mm-hmm. rather than have their own. Yep. Yeah. 
because like uh, you got these days, you do have to be kind of selective with what streaming services you want, right? You can't get them all. Like you'd be end up you'd end up paying like two hundred fifty dollars a month for all these streaming services. And some people do that. I, I myself, I don't. I I wait for stuff to build up, yeah. and then I'll subscribe to whatever for a month or two, kind of binge all the stuff I want to watch, and then I'll I'll go off of it again. Yeah. Which is something the industry calls churn, which they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I was using Max or HBO Max before they did that whole merger. change over to Max. Yeah. Oh yeah, Discovery. So I was like, ah, eh, forget that. I canceled that. Hulu was all right. They their content wasn't updating fast enough for me. Really, I just have Netflix, Disney, and Amazon Prime right now. I think. Yeah, Hulu. Hulu I stay subscribed to only because I still, to a certain extent, keep up with, like, the WWE stuff, which mm-hmm. is on there. And, I mean, they have, like, some other shows I dip into every now and again. But um, but most of the other ones. And, like, actually, Amazon does have a lot of good stuff on it. Luckily, uh, my mom shares her oh. Amazon account with me, so that one I, I, I get for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but Netflix I unsubscribe to because, of, like, I wasn't using it very much. Yeah. Uh, and then, like... Disney, I'm I have right now because of Secret Invasion, but once right. that's over, I'm probably out again for yeah, a while. Yeah, I just got it back like two weeks ago. For right, show, yeah. right. Um, so I don't know. It's I don't know what they can do to. uh Oh, is the dog going? <laughs> uh, she's yeah. never gone inside, has she? No, I, I was uh, scared she was going to trip over the camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, she's getting antsy. So should we get into our Secret Invasion yeah, review? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Bust out my notes here. All right, guys, we're going to review Secret Invasion, Episode 4, entitled Beloved. Uh, Spoilers, ahoy. Okay. So we open this episode. uh, So Gaia, Amelia Clark, she was shot at the end of the last episode. (laughs) And we're like, oh, this means nothing. Yeah. Uh, So we find out she used the Super Scroll machine on herself. And so now she has... Uh, the powers to survive the gunshot which is it's very fortunate that that lab had no security to watch <laughs> over which is just insanely powerful technology right it seemed a little far-fetched yeah. somebody wouldn't have been watching that although i will say um i did we had a criticism of the last episode and this episode made me realize okay the kind of um, uh, we were kind of wrong about mm-hmm. something. So remember, there was a scene in the last episode, I think it was, where he got stabbed in the hand and he used his like power yeah. to fix it. And I thought that was just like a regular scroll power. And we're yeah. like, well, why aren't there other scrolls using that? I didn't realize, because it seemed like in that episode, they were still like working on getting the machine ready. But what we found out is that is a super scroll power. So yeah. he had already used the super scroll treatment. Right, and that's why he could do that. It was so I was like, the extremis abilities from Iron Man three, I think. I guess so. I see. I didn't realize that when we watched the last episode, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess so. That that kind of made sense for that criticism. Is okay. He is different. He already has the super scroll ability. Yeah. I didn't realize that at the time. And that's what she does here at the beginning. She gets right. the extremis abilities. I guess maybe others, but we don't know that. Um, so now we get a flashback to Paris, twenty twelve. Uh, Vara and Fury are on a date. Um, she puts it together uh, that Fury brought the Avengers together. And I believe 2012 uh, was when the first Avengers movie came out. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the, them uh, saving New York had just happened, I guess. Um, she shares a poem with him. Um, 
and like the gist of the poem is like you know wanting to feel beloved yeah hence the name of the the episode um so back in present day uh vara meets with Rhodes in a church um she tells him that fury was fired and i thought this was weird he's like oh how did that happen and so i thought he um he was maybe for a second gonna like you know play it off even though he knew um so she's like oh i guess the president did it and then Rhodes is like no, he didn't. I did it. So he immediately like yeah. cops to it. And also, they gave him like a little bit of weird dialogue here that sounded like maybe like somebody that didn't watch wrestling because he's like, I DDT, I DDT'd that fool off the top rope. Like I undertakered his ass. I'm like, mm, that's a little bit weird, but okay. Um, um. So we find out that Rhodes uh, basically admits to being in league with Gravik and. Um, he orders Vara to kill Fury. Now, we we mentioned, you know, and called it exactly that Fury did tap her phone yeah. at the end of the last, or during the last episode. But w- what we get here in this conversation is that this isn't even Gravik's order. This is just uh, the, the scroll who's, you know, being roadie, being like, do this for me. I want you to do this. Oh, I didn't necessarily pick up on that. So this... Um, it you think is his like own um, kind of like thing rather than being like a direct yeah. order from Gravik? Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, so we find out though that R- R- uh, Fury is listening into this conversation, um, and Rhodes tells Vara that either her or Fury is is dying today. Now, one thing you know. It didn't shock me at all that, that Rhodes ends up being a scroll. That wasn't even a reveal. It wasn't a reveal. Well, the thing, I would have liked them to to be a little more sly about it. Because once he started doing this, I'm like, oh, okay, he's a scroll. Mm-hmm. Like, because I guess, like, it, it, I didn't even think, like, oh, maybe he's pretending to be an a-hole because he knows Fury's listening and he has some other reason. Like, I was like, no, nah, that doesn't make sense. He's just a scroll. <laughs> Like, I, I think for two weeks now, I've known that Rhodey's a scroll. Like, everybody's known it. It's just been the paintings on the wall, the writings on the wall. Like, it's been there. The only thing is, is like that scene between Rhodes and Fury, like in the bar mm-hmm. from the other episode. Like, I really like that scene. But now that I'm like, oh, it wasn't really Rhodes. Like, I thought that was an interesting, like, character development for Rhodes. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, it wasn't really him. Yeah. The reveal should have been much better. Like it should have been he goes along with everything. He's he's trying his best to like help and then, you know, at some point you find out when the when the cards are down, like when things are shit's hitting the fan, that's when he reveals, "Oh, you're on your own, buddy." Yeah, you we cuz we talked about this a little bit yesterday and you actually told me like something you came up with that I was like, "Oh, that would have been a much better thing." To where you're right, like he yeah. plays it like he's he's helping the whole way and then when the battle goes down at the end of the episode, yeah. he just kind of sits in the car and smirks, you yeah. know, and we find out, "Oh, he is like Yeah, that would have been a better reveal like That would have been a much better cuz here it's just like blatant and he just basically says, "Hey, I'm a scroll." Yeah. Without, you know. Yeah. His behavior is not Brody since the beginning of this series it seems like. Right. Well, I mean, that dialogue at the table with Fury, I was like, well, if that's Rhodes, that makes him interesting. Like, yeah. Because we never have really seen that much of his person. I guess you could say, well, the scroll took his memory, so maybe it's kind of what Rhodes would say, True. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vara does try to convince Rhodes that, 
you know, basically, oh, Fury's old and useless since the blip. You don't need to kill him. But, you know, Rhodes doesn't go for it. He's like, you know, either you, either he dies or you die. Yeah. Um, so we get a scene where Varric tells his lieutenant uh, that he killed Gaia. And we also find out that they're planning some sort of uh, another, like, false flag attack uh, to get Russia and the U.S., like, heated up at each other. Uh, we get a scene where uh, Talos meets with Gaia on a park bench. Um, she says that she is on his side, but she needs to know what his plan is. Uh, so Talos says it, uh, his plan is to first take out Gravix insurgency, and then he'll use uh, that as a bargaining chip with the president to get amnesty for the remaining one million scrolls to kind of live on Earth. Um, <laughs> now, one thing is like, he'd have to be more than the president. It'd have to be the president of every country. Yeah. They're not just in the U.S. Like, yeah. they're everywhere. So, uh, a ton like, of them live in Russia, I think. Right. The U.K. <laughs> they need to get Putin on their side. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Gaia um, doesn't believe in ta- Talos's like, idealism. She's like, they're not going to go for that, you yeah, know? Yeah, he seems a little wide-eyed there. And also, she wants scrolls to be able to live in their own skin. She doesn't want to have to blend in. Yeah. Um, so we get a scene where Vara and Fury sit down at their kitchen table. Um, Fury says that Vara was his greatest mistake. And Which he was cold, man. <laughs> he was pretty cold yeah. in this episode, wasn't he? But he does say that, you know, if he had a chance to do it all over again, he doesn't know what he would do. He right. just do it all over again. Right. Um, and he also says he knows that she plans to kill him um, with the gun she has. Uh, so they en- both end up putting their guns on the kitchen table. Um, Fear asks why Vara chose to take on this persona of Priscilla Davis, uh, the woman she's disguised as. And she says Davis was dying of a heart defect, um, which she hid from her loved ones because she didn't want them to know. And... Uh, Vara, I think Vara thought Fury would fall in love with Priscilla. And so she told this Priscilla lady as she was dying that she was a scroll and asked if she could basically, you know, take over her life. <clears throat> uh, and uh, Priscilla made Vara promise three things. Uh, number one, that she would bury her at sea, uh, which apparently Vara did. Uh, two, that she would continue to be a daughter to her parents, which I guess she also did. And three, that she would never hurt Fury. <clears throat> uh, so Fury and Vara quote the beloved poem from the Paris scene to each other. And then they fire the guns at exactly the same time. Yeah, this was interesting to me. How did they both have the same idea? <laughs> They're so in sync with each other. They've been in their relationship so long. Uh, and then like the camera pans away for uh, a second, so you, like, you're not sure exactly what happened. Uh, but when it comes back, um, we find out that um, they both kind of purposely missed each other and blew holes in yeah, their they walls. Yeah, they both knew to miss each other right. while shooting at each other. <laughs> um, so Fury tells Vara that they're going to come after her, and she says that she can handle herself. Um, she asks Fury if he would have loved her if she never changed and he says, uh, he guesses they'll never know. Yeah. Or, which is kind of another, like, kind of cold. Yeah, pretty cold. Thing between them. Because like, she, and, like, that ties into the, the poem that she talked about, how she right. wanted to be loved. And then she changes into this person so that she could be with Fury. And then he's like, I think that might, you know, he didn't say it, but there could be the only reason he loved her. Right. Man. Um, so we get a scene of a, a showering scroll. Uh, who is revealed to be Rhodes, so now the cat's totally out. By the way, um, 
Was that a female scroll? Yeah. I, I thought it was, but then I was like, because like they put the towel like kind of over the boobs. So I was yeah. like, oh, it must be a female. <laughs> <laughs> um, after Rhodes gets dressed, he is confronted by Fury. Uh, Fury says that he doesn't want to leave things uh, uh, like they did the other day, um, that scene at the restaurant. And he offers Rhodes a drink of Pappy Van Winkle whiskey. Yeah. Is that a real drink? <laughs> I'm not sure. They say it's a bourbon, but yeah, I'm guessing it's made up, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know nothing about alcohol, so maybe. Um, Rhodes takes, uh, or doesn't take a drink at first and asks Fury what he's really doing there. Uh, Fury says there are scrolls high up in the U.S. government, uh, but Rhodes pretends not to believe him. Uh, Fury says he will keep his mouth shut about all this scroll stuff if Rhodes gives him his job back. Mm -hmm. uh, Rhodes asks if he can uh, make a counteroffer while at the same time uh, takes, a, takes a drink of the whiskey. Now, as a viewer, like we're like, there's a trick with the whiskey. Yeah. And Rhodes, the scroll Rhodes to me, should have been smarter. Right. Like should have known. That there was something up with the whiskey. Yeah. I, I, I kind of thought it kind of showed that character was stupider than they should have been. For sure. Um, but he plays a video of Fury, uh, uh, Fury uh, when Gravik was disguised as Fury, shooting Maria Hill. And basically Rhodes blackmails Fury with the video and tells him to keep his mouth shut or else. Um, then uh, in a scene with uh, Fury and Talos, we find out the alcohol... Um, had a location tracker in it. Um, so Rhodes meets the president on an airstrip in Russia, uh, apparent, and uh, he preps the president for a, a meeting with the Russians. Um, the president does notice that Rhodes has been drinking. Um, I'm not sure why they included that, though, to be honest. That yeah, scene. I don't understand that either. <laughs> um, so the president's motorcade uh, is, is going for the meeting with the Russians, but alas, uh, a helicopter shows up with Gravik in it, and it's attacked by Gravik. Uh, Fury and Talos show up because uh, they're tailing uh, Rhodes, who has a location tracker in him. Uh, they show up to help save the president. And this is where Gravik uh, reveals his uh, Groot powers. He, mm -hmm. he grows his arms out. <laughs> so Fury's reinforcements show up. I wrote, even though he was fired. So my thing is like, so Fury, like, even though Rhodes has taken over, like, Fury is fired. Like, mm. he, he should not have the authority to get reinforcements. Right. So I thought this was a bit of BS. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how he's able to access anything anymore, right? I mean, I guess you could make the argument, oh, he's got some friend in the business who could help set up the reinforcements. But they don't mm. show that. Right. So, or maybe Talos pretended to be somebody. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, they got reinforcements somehow. Um, so Talos ends up getting shot and begins to turn into a scroll. Uh, and they, he was trying to like, the, the president was trapped upside down in a, in a car. So Talos was trying to like break through his bulletproof window. Uh, Fury ends up, they get the president out. Fury takes the president to, to safety in his vehicle. But at the same time, Talos is captured by, um, a soldier. Uh, Fury like realizes that soldier, uh, must be a scroll, and it is. It's revealed to be Gravik. And Gravik then stabs Talos. Uh, Fury shoots Gravik uh, some more, uh, but his super scroll powers uh, heal him up and save him. Uh, more reinforcements on Fury's side show up, so Gravik and his men. He got shot, like, clear in the head. Like, for any 
thing that should be a kill shot, but his head just grew back. Like, oh, Gravik. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a super scroll, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, more reinforcements show up, and Gravik oh. and his men leave. And then uh, Fury leaves with the president, and <laughs> Talos is seemingly dead. Now, I wrote seem. I think he probably will stay dead, yeah. seemingly because that'll be the story impotence uh, for Gaia yeah. to finally be like, oh, my father died fighting for what he believes in. You know, I will take up his cause. Man, Gravi killed both her parents now. She's got That's her. true. Yeah. That's true. So so I think, and like Ben Mendelsohn is a good actor and Talos is a fine character, but like nobody really cares about him enough to be like, oh, no, we'll never see Talos again. Mm. I, I disagree. <laughs> really? I actually like that character. I mean, I didn't have a problem with him, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it's not like the biggest loss in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to deter me from watching the rest of the show right, or something. Right. But, you know, I, I liked him. I thought, like, besides him and Fury, you know, there's there's not like a lot of... Rhodes is okay, but now that I know he's not really him, I don't know what to expect from that character. <laughs> Might just be a scroll for the rest of the show. Who knows? But, um... Yeah, I, I like Talos. He was my second favorite character on the show. Oh, I was like, I was fine with him, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. I like him a lot more than Gaia. She's so far, like, not very fun to to watch on screen so far. Well, I mean, I like Amelia Clark, but so far her character, you know, I mean, I guess she's in a, like a, a serious place or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. But that's the thing is her identity, like, even no matter how the show shakes out, I think is, like, going to be kind of a more serious role. Like, yeah. her being, probably being the leader of the scrolls, basically. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that's how this series will kind of end with her being kind of their chosen leader. Yeah, but right now she's, like, a real sad sack. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I guess both her parents died. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, do you find, do you think um, by the end of this episode they will go down into that basement and find real roads? <laughs> Wait, what, what basement are you talking about? Where, where they oh, stash, where all, they stash the, all, the, all the memory people? Um, I, yeah, I think by episode five they should probably make a dent into what the scrolls are doing. They have to, right? Well, if there's six, ep- I imagine episode five's got to end where. where looking like the scrolls have the upper hand yeah. somehow so that in episode six they, you know the maybe that's when they make the breakthrough yeah. okay maybe i just think things need to start popping off they should have popped off a little bit in this last episode to, to be honest like the real bigger picture should be already kind of unfolding that's the thing is like uh my rating in this episode is still or this show is still like just okay yeah and I don't know if two in in two episodes they can do anything to like up my feelings of the show, but this this is like deja vu. Like this has happened before with other shows too. Pacing issues, yeah, yeah. Where it's like we get halfway in and it's like, boy, I don't know if they can really end this in a satisfying way. You know? Yeah. Like, what if they just do that cop out like they did with She Hulk, and they're just like, hey, uh, so uh. <laughs> oh, that meta ending, woof. Yeah. So far, at least this hasn't been aggravating as, right you know those shows were i don't expect it to do anything that's like that bad yeah. <laughs> or like last episode of hawkeye bad or oh, anything yeah. like that um i don't need i'm not excited about echo but i don't know we'll see <laughs> i'm not either but but you know what i find curious is i guess they announced the echo 
it's going to be a show where they just dump it all at once, like all episodes at once. And the speculation is because they don't have a lot of confidence in it. They want it to just be like basically over and done with in one news cycle rather than going like weeks and weeks of people being like, maybe this isn't very good. Yeah. So that, I don't know. Like personally, I like being able to just watch things all the way through rather than have to do the week to week thing. Although I guess it works out if you have a podcast and you're reviewing something, but um, it does make me wonder if that's the reason they're doing it is because they're like, "Um, this isn't turning out great and we don't want several weeks of people being like oh this isn't great you know if they drop it all at once there's a much higher chance i'll watch it all (laughs) yeah i mean i don't want to wait like a week for an episode of echo i don't think so maybe that's another thing they're thinking maybe they're just like well echo's not really a big enough ip that people are necessarily going to be excited to come back week to week so we will just drop it all in a weekend or whatever and if it's good then people will be like okay we're pleasantly surprised maybe next year they'll do it differently right I do wonder, though, if that's even a... That's a show I was surprised they even went with. Yeah. Just because, like, even in Hawkeye, like, she wasn't a standout character at all. Right. And I was like, really? You're going to make a show dedicated to her? But even, like, in, uh, you know, WandaVision, I guess um, What's-Her-Name was a standout character, but I'm still not interested in that, her show, either. Yeah. Agatha. Monica, oh, Agatha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monica Rambeau is interesting to me. Like she's she's not gonna get a show or anything, but she's like a, she's gonna be in the Marvels movie. Yeah, though. She's so a, she's getting a little more big part. Yeah, know? Agatha. Yeah, she's. I don't know. Maybe she can give us more insight into what Wanda's gonna do in the future. Like what Wanda's whole thing is. I don't know because maybe that's probably a concern of her still. Like she's probably gonna be getting out of Wanda's spell and trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, that's right. Because didn't Wanda like put a spell on her where like she doesn't know who she is or something like that yeah Yeah. so i mean it it would be strange if she just dropped everything wanda and just did her own thing after that i think she probably still is interested in what wanda's doing i think they did announce that abra aubrey plaza is going to be in that show though and i like her okay yeah she could be she could definitely play a witch yeah for sure (laughs) for sure like she was born to play a witch actually (laughs) um Oh, you got anything to add before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, no, I mean, so far it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, fingers crossed. I'm hoping this ending is worth it. Right. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we do thank uh, everybody very, very much uh, for, for sticking with us. Um, if you will, please subscribe both to the YouTube channel and to the podcast on the uh, podcast service of choice to, to listen in audio form. Um, and please leave us th- thumbs up, uh, comments. Tell us what you thought about this episode, what you think of all this DC casting news, all that good stuff. And um, if you want to, you can go to the platform that I feel like is fastly dying called Twitter. <laughs> and you can follow me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. Uh, but that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.